Hello, my name is Lori Ellis, and I'm the head of Insights at Biospace. In today's episode, I sat down with Chantal Dressner, VP of Marketing at Biospace, to discuss Biospace's 2024 Employment Outlook Report. We collected data and insights from more than 1,300 respondents to bring you the hiring outlook and remote hiring trends for 2024. This includes job data, including application and job posting trends, and workforce sentiment around the funding environment, job market, and current employment. And with that, let's dive into the episode. So, Chantel, we're just finishing up our JPM coverage. And one of the things I know that we had discussed privately, and also I've been discussing with some VCs, is the optimism this year. Most of the VCs were cautiously optimistic, but there has been some surprise on the optimism of drug developers and innovations that they saw throughout the entire conference. I know that there was a lot of talk around optimism from VCs at JPM, and I absolutely don't think that's wrong. Um, I thought it was particularly interesting because when we surveyed people working in the industry, half thought that funding would be just as hard in 2024 as it was in the last year. And a third thought that it would actually get harder. Um, So, you know, the vast majority, like 90 percent, have real concerns about the economic climate and half are concerned about their own company's performance and stability. So more than 20% of companies still anticipate that they're going to be making layoffs in 2024. So I think that there's still going to be, you know, movement and change in the labor market. Uh, Consolidation is going to continue. We did have a lot of uh, comments in the survey that consolidation was going to continue to be a theme. So I think it's right to be cautiously optimistic. Absolutely. Um, But, you know, it doesn't seem like this challenging time in terms of employment has necessarily abated yet. Uh, More than 40% anticipate recruiting budgets are going to remain the same. Almost a third say their recruiting budgets are going to decrease. So I think there's still a bit of a bumpy road ahead for people working in the industry, at least for the first half of 2024. But we also know that, you know, this industry, biopharma, it's very cyclical. I think that there's a very good chance that hiring will pick up again towards the end of the year or like at least in the second half of the year. Um, It might just be uh, a little bit of a slower pace um, and it might just take a little bit of time to get there. I agree with you. And I would say I, I always am on the conservative side of optimism because you're right. There are so many wild cards right now. There's the inflation rates, which right now we are seeing as expected to go down by the end of 2024. But we also have an election year. And so those are variables that you can't predict what they're going to do to the market. But then also one of the topics that was highly, highly talked about was IRA, the uh, the Reduction Act. And it was talked about from the drug sponsors perspective. But then also, I believe a new article, which we just reported on last week, Vital Transformations just brought out. That mm-hmm. there is a potential of a direct loss of jobs to be anywhere between 130,000 to 230,000. And then indirectly, that job loss increases to 600,000 to a million. Right. Well, the report was basically saying that they think that the IRA expansion is going to result in around 134 fewer FDA approvals over a 10 year period. And so, of course, that's going to 
have a significant impact on people's working lives and and the kind of work that they are able to do and the kind of research that companies are going to be pursuing. So I don't think that we can underestimate the impact of, you know, what that could potentially be. And I mean, we've been doing research annually into job search activity and hiring trends for the last several years. So, you know, obviously we have like a job section on our site. So we get a lot of data into what's kind of going on in terms of job applications and job postings. And in the actual survey themselves, we try to get a little bit more qualitative insight as well. So we survey people who have oversight into hiring, talent acquisition, as well as people who are working in the industry. And we do this every year towards the end of the year, usually around December, to get a feel for the current job market climate, as well as what we can really anticipate going into the next year. And this year, there were some really obvious themes that jumped out this year with what people were saying and what people were reporting to us. The first one that we've already touched on is unemployment. So 29% of the people that we surveyed, industry professionals working in biopharma, they were saying they were unemployed. That is significantly higher than any survey we have ever conducted since we started doing these kind of surveys. You know, last year, just to compare, it was around 8% and now it's 29%. And the comments that people are making are really essentially there's never been a tougher time or a more competitive time to be looking for work. And the data that we have does reflect that sentiment. We look at a lot of job data, like I mentioned last year, the average rate of applications per job, you know, increased by 137% when we compare 2023 to 2022. And that's for a couple of reasons. You know, the number of job applications jumped up significantly by 68% while the number of job postings declined by almost a third, right? So we know that hiring has kind of slowed down and that's mostly resulting obviously from slower funding. Now, most people recognize working in biopharma that the industry is cyclical uh, and there were definitely a lot of optimistic comments that it was gonna bounce back. And I do think that, yes, we can expect that. Um, But there are quite a few people out there right now who are actually experiencing unemployment for the first time in their career. You know, they haven't gone through these cycles of boom and bust, um, or they're experiencing the longest period of having been unemployed. So it's definitely been a difficult time for a lot of people. And similarly, it's been a tough time for people to be transitioning from academia into industry work, um, a pretty tough time to be a new grad. Having said all this, it's important to remember that more companies are actively hiring than not. Uh, 63% report that they're hiring more than a third anticipate that they're going to increase their open rules in 2024. It's just slower than 2021, 2022, which were boom years. For the people that are employed, that are working right now, we did ask about how they're feeling. So, um, I mean, starting with the positives. Overall, workforce sentiment is in pretty good shape, all things considered. You know, people are saying that they are proud of the company that they work for, they respect their CEO, they respect their manager, and, you know, the overwhelming majority like their coworkers, which is always a good thing. And then on the flip side, the people who are currently working, there was a lot of frustration with workloads, right? So the sentiment is that the people who are working now are being asked to take on more and more job duties, you know, if that makes sense. Staff is getting leaner and, you know, the pressure is mounting. Uh, You know, most people are reporting that they're performing tasks outside of their job duties. More than 40% report that they're doing that frequently. And most people are working more than the number of hours that they're supposed to be. 
And of course, that yeah, that makes sense. Funding is shrinking. There's less budget to hire new people, compounded with strings of layoffs that we saw throughout 2023. So companies are under a lot of pressure and they're they're trying to do more with a lot less. And it's no surprise that it's putting a strain on people. You know, I find this very interesting because I have a different look and I tend to look at the trends and the company side. And so very rarely do I actually get to look at the employees, especially since companies right now are having to make those tough decisions. And those tough decisions are going to at least last until the end of 2024. So to me, this is definitely very insightful and uh, informative. I think it's actually going to be, you know, a a more lasting consequence as well, even just beyond this year. Because, you know, if you think about it, how long can people really hold on before Mm -hmm. they make a more significant change? Or how does what is happening in the industry right now affect that future pipeline of talent? I mentioned that it's tricky for new grads to be entering the industry right now. How many people are kind of still in school taking a little look around at what's going on and they're thinking, well, actually, maybe I'll do this instead because there's more stability in terms of work or there's more opportunity right now in terms of work. There were also quite a few comments in the surveys that people were getting to that point where they're either ready to go from permanent full-time employment to more consultancy or leaving the industry altogether because there's no work. So I'm going to have to pivot and find something else. You know, people have families, people have homes that they are paying for. They can't necessarily hold out. You know, we know a lot of biopharma jobs are in, you know, expensive housing markets and expensive areas. Like people are going to need to make tough choices. And I'm very curious to know how it's going to play out over the next five years, over the next 10 years, and what that does to that talent pipeline. So let's talk about unemployment from one of those tough choices, which is age and experience discrimination. Companies Uh, are having to make choices now. So, yeah, that was that was very interesting. You know, there were a significant number of comments that people were kind of talking about age discrimination being sort of alive and well in biopharma and more experienced industry professionals felt that they were being overlooked. And I do wonder, not to discount anyone's personal experience, but I do wonder how much of that is age or how much of that is the compensation required that, you know, companies just don't necessarily have budget for. It's not like, you know, they don't want people with experience, but can they afford those people that have the experience? And it is interesting, like, I I do wonder, you know, how many people are going to end up retiring early or how many people are going to end up going permanently to consultancy because companies can't afford to hire people on a full-time basis who have those 15, 20 something years of experience. That's a really good point because I actually am seeing in my network more consultants than mm-hmm. I am seeing full-time employees. And, yeah. and it's for leadership positions as well. Yep. And fractional executives are, you know, something that I was also curious about, was also asking about. And I think that people in fractional executives, just for anyone who's listening, you know, people who are basically part-time executives, maybe you're like a 20% executive at a company rather than there, you know, five days a week. It's kind of just essentially, it's like a rent executive almost, (laughs) but essentially very prevalent. I think in the tech industry, you see a lot of people talking about fractional executives and utilizing them in the tech industry. I think it's a lot more common and it'll be interesting to see how much that actually plays into biopharma going forward, because I think right now it's still like less than a fifth of people actually plan to use fractional executives, at least in, in the biopharma industry next year. That's what the response that we got. But as tech 
practices and tech talent starts to bleed more and more into biopharma, I do wonder whether that's a practice that's going to become more and more commonplace. So let's talk a little bit about compensation and benefits and why people who even are employed are looking for new jobs. Yeah, you know, it is interesting because more than half the people who are currently employed right now, they're still looking for new jobs. I think that everyone always has a little bit of an eye about what's next around the corner. And it was really interesting when we asked people, obviously 55% of people, they want more money. That's no surprise. I think most people always are interested in earning more money. But 29% indicated that they do actually want better benefits as well. You know, 18% are wanting a remote position as, you know, a motivator to look for a new job, which I thought was interesting. And 17% want more flexibility. And we did actually ask people, you know, like, what is important to you in your next job? And things like remote work options, like diversity, equity, and inclusion, people actually rated those things as very important more often than they rated money. So I think it's just something that companies need to be really aware of. I think especially after the last year, after COVID, after very busy period for people who are still working right now, work-life balance becomes increasingly important. And, you know, having a sense of like, okay, so maybe you can't necessarily pay me better right now, but then you're going to kind of have to give me something else in return that kind of keeps me engaged and kind of makes it makes this a better situation for me, for my family, et cetera. So then for the rest of 2024 and then looking into 2025, I know it's very hard to predict because there's so many wild cards right now. What would you like for the takeaway to be to those that are hiring, but then also job seekers as well? Yeah, I, you know, that's a great point. So, I mean, I think for job seekers, I think the main thing is hang in there there are companies who are actively recruiting. I know it sounds, you know, everything we just kind of talked about makes it sound very doom and gloom. But in actuality, more companies are actively recruiting now than companies that are not. So 63% of companies are still actively recruiting. There is like a good chunk that are going to be recruiting more in the new years than or in the new year in 2024 than they are right now. So I think that we will see an uptick. It's just going to be slower than it is in previous years. And they need to be prepared for the fact that like, you know, competition is going to be fairly intense. So at the same time, the companies who are hiring, we're seeing more and more of a shift towards, you know, more specific, more skills based hiring as well, rather than more generalist kind of roles. But they're still really looking for those unique skill sets. They're still looking for people locally. So, I mean, something that I do want to mention is around remote hiring. A lot of people have gotten used to remote roles and there might be people listening right now that are like working from home. But when I was in Leap in October, so uh, that's like a talent acquisition conference for people working in life sciences. A lot of people were talking about shifts to in-office preferences for hiring. And so that was, you know, that was at the end of 2023. And, you know, when we did this survey, sure enough, the data is really reflecting that a much smaller proportion of companies hired remote employees in 2023 than they have in the last few years. We asked companies what their remote hiring approach was going to be in 2024. And last year for hiring plans, 47% of companies said that they were hire remote employees regardless of their location. So they're pretty open, pretty flexible. 
And this year, it was only 16% said that they would take that approach in 2024. 57% of companies said that they prefer local candidates, but would consider remote hires for certain roles. And more than a quarter of companies are now focused only on local candidates. So that percentage of companies who are focused only on local candidates has shot up. And there's definitely a marked shift in how willing uh, companies are to hire remotely. So for the people who are for job seekers who are, you know, really looking for a remote role or kind of trying to hold out for a remote role, I would be cautious about holding out for that just because it does seem harder and harder to find. And I do think that the preference of like companies now is really to find people to have them in office, whether that's like, you know, full time in office or hybrid, but they are looking to find people, people who are local. Do we know why? I think that studies have come out and not necessarily in biopharma specifically, but, you know, people are starting to say that actually when you look at the business as a whole, productivity does improve when people are together and like in person and working in the office. Anecdotally, I'm hearing that it's a lot easier to onboard new hires when they're there with you in person that sense of engagement with work is stronger when there's the opportunity to connect in person. Now, I'm not saying that that's, this is all companies. I'm sure that there are companies out there that are very open to hiring remotely and have really made that shift to remote work. But I mean, you saw that in tech as well, right? Like a lot of the big tech companies are come back into the office. It's time for you to come back into the office and it's time to stop people being isolated at home. So I think that there's definite pros and cons. But from what I gather, it's that sense of engagement and productivity increases with that face-to-face contact. I want to thank Chantel for joining me. And I also want to thank you for listening to Denatured. If you have any questions about our survey or the report, please feel free to reach out.